0: If you want to, just go ahead and turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. You can just have, open up there. We're continuing our study of what we're calling the 12 biblical truths. And we're looking at a lot of places that, and when we say 12 biblical truths, 12 big things that all believers, really Christians, should understand. Our goal is to know it and apply it, and then be able to pass it on, communicate it to others. What are these things? Well, we divided our study into a number of sections, and the first section was truths dealing with salvation, and we talked about the whole idea of the story of the Bible, the reconciliation, and being saved three times and eternal life or temporary life, talking about security. Then we started dealing with truths, dealing with the Christian lives life Christian life. And we saw the two greats, the Great Commandment and the, you know, Great Commission and we talked about rewards and then we talked about biblical giving, which was kind of fun to look through all that. And then we looked at sacrifices. What sacrifices do we offer? We didn't even back to the old testament, looked at all of that. And I'll be honest, I thought, well most people aren't gonna be liking that, but I had a number of people come up afterwards say, Well, that's that's good. That put stuff together. So I'm glad we did that. Well, in our last lesson, we said, How does God talk to us? And basically, it's Bible study and we dig scripture. Well, now we turn to a third section, which is truths concerning the work of Christ. And there's a lot in that this lesson is going to show us Christ's work on the cross and it's going to deal with eternal life salvation and some different aspects. But this one, we call it the cross of Christ and eternal life salvation. So we'll see how that fits together. Now, Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God. He came, why did He come? He left the glories of heaven to become a human being too, so He could be the Savior of the world, so He could die and rise again, pay for sin, conquer death, do all of that. When we think of Jesus, He is the seed of woman who crushed the head of the serpent, if you remember that. He's the Son of, God, uh, the son of David, the greater Son of David, who is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So when we start thinking all that, we realize, who is Jesus? Well, He came, He left the glories of heaven, came to the earth, and then we think about it, we say, well, let's go all the way back to the garden. Where Man sinned, and we fell, and, and, and uh, God Adam brought sin into the world, and all people come to the world sinners. And if you remember that we're sinners in three ways, and I have them for you. If you remember the imputed sin, I got imputed sin of Adam. Adam's sin was actually put on us. And then the inherent sin, which is the, the flesh, the nature, that we have a, a personality, we have a part of us that naturally sins. And we don't have to teach anybody to do wrong. We have to teach everybody to do right. We don't teach our children to do wrong. They just automatically hit their brother and sister and run and lie and, you know, say, I didn't do it when they did do it. And, you know, so that, but we have to teach them to do right because we got the flesh. And then we personally, personally sinning. We, we sin all the time. And, and so that's how we're sinners. Now, we need the barrier of sin removed. That's what we really need. Because here, we talked about it, the story of the Bible is how the perfect God brings sinful man back to himself. How? Using his son, Jesus Christ. Well, see, the barrier is sin. Because we've all sinned. What's the wages of sin? Amen. Death. And we're supposed to be separated from God. So God says, well, i I got a plan. i got a plan to bring man back to himself. I'm going to use my son. And Jesus is going to be the one to deal with sin. And, so, and, and it all takes place at the cross. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. The The cross of Christ is the key. Jesus came to be the final sacrifice for sin forever. We know in the Old Testament everything looked forward to coming the Messiah. In the Old Testament, all the sacrifices just covered sin. Everything was waiting for Jesus, the, the, the one who's going to come. Paul wrote, he said, I might know any, nothing but Christ and him crucified. So what happened at the cross? I think we're going to look at some things tonight. You may have... Never thought about but it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And we're going to see two truths that are often misunderstood. The payment for sin and the forgiveness of sin. The payment for sin and the forgiveness of sin. And I, I, I noticed that uh, I, on your little handout, I've got the blank of sin, which could be the payment of sin and the forgiveness of sin. When, when I was typing these things in or when Chelsea typed them in, we put four. So it doesn't matter. It's the same. So it's the, the payment for sin or the payment of sin or the forgiveness of sin. And what people don't understand is they're not the same thing. The payment for sin and the forgiveness of sin are two different things. I want to show you something you may have never thought of. The payment for sin is for all people. When Jesus died on the cross, did he pay for the sin of the entire world? The forgiveness of sin is for believers. There are two different aspects. And we'll see this as we go through it, and we'll see how it fits together. I think you're going to like that. So let me, let me uh, break down for you. There's, there's two big sections. I think we've got them at the bottom of the page. There's the payment for sin is for all people. The forgiveness of sin is really just for believers. And we're going to talk about how does this fit together. We always talk about Jesus came, and you need forgiveness of sin. We'll talk about that. That's true. And, and But what, what's the difference? Did I've had people say that the most important thing is Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins that's true that doesn't save you do you realize that doesn't save you we'll talk about it as we go through it so we'll see how what does save us how does it work so let's talk about the payment for sin for all people and if you want to write this down a b c and d here's the things we're going to look at what is redemption because that's where a payment is redemption is to purchase by paying a price we'll talk more about it in a second did jesus pay for all sin that's a question what's what's the answer what do you think yes. but you know that most people don't think, think that Did you know a majority of the Christian world believes Jesus only died for certain people? You understand that? So when we raise that question, so I'm going to raise it. We're going to look at it. Did Jesus pay for all sin? Third, when did Jesus pay for all sin? What's the answer? When he what? Everybody said died on the cross. Well... That's yes and no. And we'll talk about it and we'll see how. And then, because and, what does it mean when we say he died on the cross? What are we talking about? And then the fourth thing is the results of the payment. That's all under this, this number one thing which is the payment for sin uh, for all people. Now we understand that Christ came to pay for the sin of the world and the wages of sin is death and he came to be a person to be born to die to pay for sin. So we saw that. We thought about that. And Here's something that most people do not grasp. Are you ready for this? The payment of sin doesn't bring salvation. You're not saved because Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin. Did Jesus die on the cross to pay for everybody's sin? We say yes. Well, if that's true, not everybody's saved, are they? Okay, so the payment of sin does not equal salvation. And we'll talk more about it, and we'll see how it all fits together. Jesus paid for sin for all people, but but not all people are saved. And we'll see what happens. Did the Old Testament sacrifices pay for sin? What did they do? They covered it sin. Hebrews 10, 1-4 says, The blood of bulls and goats could do what? Could never take away sin. They only covered it. The Hebrew word is kapor. Uh, Yom Kippur, people use that's the day of atonement, the day of covering. Sin was covered in the Old Testament. And though Jesus came and paid, and that's kind of the big deal. Okay, now let's start by going down. Let's talk about these things. First of all, what is redemption? Because it, it ties in for payment, because we say Jesus died on the cross to pay for all sin. Well, the word, the, the word redemption means to purchase by paying a price. If you uh, went to the store and you got coffee and you set it up there and they said eight ninety five, you give them eight ninety five. you just redeemed the coffee. You just purchased it by paying a price. And that's what that means. Jesus paid the price for our sins. The price is what? The wages of sin is what? Death. Look at this, Romans 5.8. Christ died for all people. God demonstrates his love toward us while we're yet sinners. What happened? Christ died for us. Okay, or for all, and you can put Christ died for us to pay for sin. Romans 5:8. The verse that uh, yeah, I just told you to open to First Peter 3. But here's one, First Peter 3:18. For Christ also died for what? For, for sins once for all. Who? The just for the unjust. Who's the just? Huh? Jesus. Who's the unjust? Uh, us see so we realize he died for our sins he died to pay for the sins of mankind he jesus died for all i love this because it says jesus also died for sins once for all and not only does that all mean for all time it means for all people that's why he put it that way christ also died for sins once for all all time all people and then he explains it the just jesus for the unjust us Jesus died for all our sin. That's what, that's what he did. He died for all for the sins of mankind. So it's powerful. <clears throat> and a lot of people, I just want you to understand, you're going to talk to people, and they're going to tell you that Jesus didn't die for everybody. They're going to tell you only died for certain ones. And that's not true. So, and what was the payment? You know, what is the payment? The payment is the blood of Jesus Christ. A lot of people don't grasp that. You remember we saw, was it several weeks ago, that Jesus took his blood Where? into into the tabernacle where in heaven heaven. it was his blood now we don't grasp that because there was an earthly tabernacle and they offered these animal sacrifices and they took the blood in and out of there and there was a priest on the earth and that was the earthly tabernacle but there's a heavenly tabernacle which the earthly one was designed after and inside that in there is Jesus took his own blood and paid for our sins at this 1st Peter 1 18 knowing you're not redeemed what does redeem mean to purchase, knowing that you're not redeemed, purchased with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your fathers. But what are you redeemed by? With the precious blood, as of a lamb unblemished, the spotless blood of Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus Christ shed His blood. His blood paid for sins. So we see, with the, here's man, and we're sinner, and we owe God death. And here's God. He's the perfect God, and And so what does he do? He sends his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, to shed his blood, to be the sacrifice, to be the final sacrifice, which we saw a couple of weeks ago, the final sacrifice for sin forever. He came and died in our place. It's called substitution. It's a fantastic idea, and we'll talk more about it a little bit later. So look at this verse. We're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Romans 5, 9, having much more been justified by his what? His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Justified by his blood. And, and, and it's just an incredible truth. Got one more, I think we have, do we have Hebrews 9? We do. Hebrews 9, 12. And it it's not through the blood of what? Goats and calves, but through his what? Own blood, what did he do? He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal what? What's redemption mean? To purchase. He had an eternal purchase. He purchased us. He purchased mankind. It's not animals, but the blood of Jesus. So I want you to understand something. Jesus Christ purchased mankind. He paid for the sins of every human being. Now, we're going to talk more in just a little bit. If that's true, if that's true, if Jesus paid, if Jesus died and paid for everybody's sins, then, then wouldn't everybody be saved? Is it salvation for everyone? Well, the payment for sin, I want to write this up here for just a second. Payment for sin does not equal salvation. We're not saved because Jesus Christ paid for our sins. Now, it's necessary. He has to do it. He has to remove the sin barrier. But he removed the sin barrier for who? Everybody. Everybody. Everybody, and we'll talk more about it in a minute, so it's just, it's powerful. So there are, listen, I, I, I don't think there's a space to write this, but you're going to like this. There are three words for redeem in the New Testament, and you could just, you could just put, put a little out by the side. There's a word that means to buy it in the market. There's another word that means to buy it and take it out of the market. And there's another one that says to buy it, it's supposed to be buy and set free. What Jesus did is he purchased us, and he brought us out of the slave market of sin, and he set us free. Free to serve him. So those three, it's supposed to say buy and set free. Okay? And so, three words for redemption. I didn't give you the Greek words, but their they're, they're, lutruo is the last one. There's, um, uh, th- they're really great words, and they have this idea of I purchase it. Uh, agarazo means I buy. Exagerazo I buy and take out. Latruo, I buy it and set it free. That's the three words. And it's used, all three are used where it talks about Jesus redeemed us or purchased us. And they're found throughout the New Testament. And that's what he did. So here's my, the, the final one that I think is so big. He himself is the propitiation. Does anybody know what the word propitiation means? It means a satisfactory payment. He himself is the satisfactory payment for what? Our sins, now John is writing to believers. He himself is the propitiation, satisfaction for our sins, and not for ours only, but for what? For those of the entire world, the whole world. Did Jesus pay for the sins of every person? We say, yes, we look at this. Isaiah 53, All we like Sheba gone astray, each one our own way, but the Lord laid on him our iniquities. So that takes us to the second question. And the reason we have to look at this is because a lot of people would not agree with what we just said. Even though we talked about how he died in our place and our substitute, the just for the unjust, the second big part is did Jesus pay for all sin? What do we say? Yeah, look at this. What is 1 John 2 2? He is the satisfactory payment not for our sins only, but for the sins of the. Into our world. Do you think that means everybody? Let me ask you a question. How how do you look at that verse and say it doesn't mean everybody? How about First Timothy two six? Let me let me read First Timothy two six for you. Well, I think it's supposed to be. Wait a minute. Does it say for, yeah, it does. Okay, good. It says, there's one God and one mediator between God and men is the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all. Amazing. Hebrews 2.9, that he would taste death for every what? Person. Did he die for every person? And of course, John 3.16, God so loved the world. So let's face it. The Bible seems to say very clearly that when Jesus died and paid for sin, he paid for the sins of every person person. I know that there are people out there that you're going to talk with on daily basis and you're going to see people and they're going to say that Jesus only died for certain ones or they're going to say if he actually died for everybody, everybody would be saved and you can look at them and say no, payment for sin doesn't equal salvation. We'll see why in just a little bit. Just make sure you've got it. So Jesus Christ died for every person. He is the satisfactory payment and the barrier because of the payment of sin the barrier this barrier is removed. The sin barrier. And that's why when you think about it, in the Old Testament, when a person died, if they were a believer, where did they go? They went, to, in Luke 16, actually tells us that there's a place in the heart of the earth called Sheol in the Old Testament, Hades in the New Testament. And on one side was Abraham's bosom or paradise. On the other side was a place we just call torments that didn't really have a name. And when a believer died, they went to Abraham's bosom to paradise in the heart of the earth. That's why, what did Jesus say to the thief on the cross? Today you'll be with me in paradise. The Bible says, Jesus said, As Jonah was in the belly of the great fish three days and three nights, so must the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. That was when, you know, So there on that one side was the good side, you might say, was, was where believers would go. On the other side was unbelievers. Why, why couldn't believers go to be in the presence of God? Because what had not happened yet? Jesus had not come and removed the sin barrier, okay? He paid for sin. After Jesus died and rose again, three days and three nights came out. When a believer dies, where do we go now? To be absent from the body is to be where? Where's the Lord? He's seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father. Where do unbelievers go when they die? They still go right to the heart of the earth. It's called death and Hades. And if you read the book of Revelation, at the great white throne judgment, death and Hades give up their dead. Unbelievers will be raised then. So so the bottom line is, did Jesus pay for every sin? Yes. The barrier is gone. Uh, we can proclaim and say that Jesus died on the cross to pay for the sins of every person. So here's the point. Look at this. For sin, every sin for every person has been paid. You can go to a person, and when you're talking to them about salvation... The issue isn't sin. It hasn't been sin. When you turn to a person, you don't say you need to give up. You're smoking and you're drinking and this and this and this and give up this and this and this. Give up all these sins. And there's so many people, they think, okay, if I'm going to come to Jesus, i got to get my act together. Right? That's what they think. That's what they've heard all their lives. you got to repent of your sins. That means turn away from your sins. That's what they think. It doesn't, of course. And, and they say those kind of things. And the truth is, sin's not the issue. Why? every sin for every person's been paid for already sin's not the issue so we we've got so far that redemption you know jesus paid for all sin that he paid for everybody and and now the question the next question and this is kind of the fun one you may have never thought of this one okay when did jesus pay for sin okay when did he pay for sin when he what when he died on the cross is isn't that what we say Didn't we say Jesus came to the earth, died on the cross, and paid for our sins? So let's put the cross up. Let's put, there's Jesus. That's okay, isn't it? (laughs) I'm not. What's wrong with that? That looks pretty good. That. Listen, we're not supposed to make any image of Jesus, right? I mean, you know, I've had somebody say, Jesus came and talked to me last night. I said, really, what do you look like? Just like his picture. What picture? You know, What, what picture? So here's Jesus on the cross. Okay, so let's think about it. When did Jesus pay for sin? We all say, you know, there are seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. Did you know that? Seven sayings of Christ on the cross. Did you know there are seven signs in the book? Of John that Jesus did. There are seven I ams in the book of John that Jesus did. And there are seven statements that Jesus said on the cross. Now, they're not all in the Gospel of John, but they're all throughout the Bible. Seven seems to be kind of a special number. So, did, when, when, did, when did Jesus pay for all sin? When did it happen? You remember one of his sayings on the cross? You remember any of them? How about uh, uh, take, take my mother? You know, that was one. I thirst. Uh, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing today you'll be with me in paradise can you think of any others what's one of them my God my God God, God, why have you forsaken me what's another one whoa it is finished you got it right what's finished what's finished okay oh okay okay so it is finished that means what sin is what because we came to do what Okay? Was he still alive when he said that? So it couldn't be when he died physically, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about it for a second, and let's just see what happened. You know, they got they came to get Jesus, and they arrested him, and they had three trials. G- Jesus was before the Jewish people three times, all of them at night, which means they were all illegal. Jewish could not have trials at night. They had three trials at night. He was found guilty in every one. They took him the next morning to the Romans, and he had three trials before the Romans during the day, and he was, not, he was found not guilty in every one of them. So Jesus had six trials from the time that he was arrested, three before the Jews, all found guilty guilty. All illegal. Three before the Romans, all found not guilty. And so that's what we see. And so if you remember what happened, Pilate says, I, I find no what? I find no fault in him. And But the, the religious leaders had stirred up the crowd. And Pilate had this kind of little deal that he did every year at Passover. He would actually release somebody in prison uh, as a gesture of goodwill. And so he said, who shall I release this year? And there was, there was Jesus, But then there was somebody else. What was his name? Okay, now Jesus is the son of the Father, right? Isn't Jesus son of the Father? You know what Barabbas' name means? Barabbas, son of the Father. There's two sons of the Fathers there. One's a sinner, and one is perfect. One deserves to die. One. Deserve, doesn't deserve death but what he asked what do you want they had stirred up people that said give us Barabbas what shall I do with Jesus crucify him crucify him so he said man I, I'm washing my hands on this thing y'all are, are going to start a riot before we know it and so he turned Jesus over and when he did they beat him and everything and then they took him out and they put him on the cross at the at the third hour in the morning that's nine o'clock by the way so let's put it right here. it's nine o'clock in the morning they put Jesus on the cross and he was there, uh, and in fact, let me, there it is. It was the third hour when they crucified him, Mark fifteen twenty-five. And then something happened. Do you remember what happened? Let me, go, let me, because we're on the top of page four. What happened? Darkness came at 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock. It was dark. Now, it's not supposed to be dark then, right? I mean, we don't normally get darkness at noon, right? And it did. It was completely dark everywhere. Darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour from 12 to 3. Now, just for you to know something, they had two sacrifices. You remember we talked about sacrifices under the Mosaic law? And they had two daily sacrifices. One was called the morning sacrifice. The other was called the evening sacrifice. When do you think the morning sacrifice was offered? Nine o'clock. When do you think the evening sacrifice was offered? Three o'clock. So at 9 o'clock, the morning sacrifice, Jesus is on the cross. 12 to 3, it turns darkness. At 3 o'clock, it's supposed to be, according to the Jewish deal, you have another sacrifice. This is the Passover lamb. What's he doing? What's Jesus doing as the Passover lamb? He's dying for us. He's the sacrifice. Okay, so at tw- from 12 to 3, darkness fell over the whole earth. And what is happening then? Why is there darkness over the whole world? Because Jesus has taken the sin of mankind and he is being separated from who? From God the Father. And I'm going to put something you never might have thought of, and the Holy Spirit. He's being separated from them. Why? How can he be separated from them? Because he's taken on what? What's the payment for sin? What's death? Separation. He's dying spiritually. He's dying spiritually for the sins of mankind, and he's separated. Do you remember what he said? What did he say? And at the ninth hour, Jesus, this is at three o'clock in the afternoon, what did Jesus say? Eloi, Eloi, Labba Sabbathini, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you what? How has God forsaken Jesus? There's broken fellowship. Why has he broken fellowship? Because Jesus has taken the sin of the world on himself. What's the wages of sin? Is Jesus separated from the Father? Exactly. There it is. Isn't that the only place in Scripture where Jesus says, My God, my God, instead of the Father? I don't know. I don't know. We might look it up. Now, notice he says, My God, my God. And I think he says, My God, the Father. My God, the Spirit. Why have you forsaken me? So, I mean, it's pretty amazing what has happened there. Jesus taking the sins of of mankind. Now, what happened? He made the payment. Is that right? Is he dead physically? No. What does he say next to last? See, his last statement was, into your hands I commit my spirit. But he said something right before that. What was it? It's, what's finished? The payment is made. So when we say, when did Jesus pay for the sins of mankind? When? We say when he died on the cross. But what death? It's a spiritual type death. It's when he's separated from the Father, taking the sin of mankind. And we might call it this way we might say the fellowship between the Father and the Son, and between the Spirit and the Son, is broken because he's taken the sin. Because what happens when we sin? We lose fellowship with God and with each other. So Jesus is taking and paying for the sins of the world. And he says, It's what? It's finished. He's still alive. And then, into your hands I commit my spirit, right? And so he dies. And notice this right here. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And what did he do? He bowed his head, gave up his spirit. Now he dies physically. Well, why? If Jesus has already paid for the sins of the world, why does he die physically? Well, Blood's over shed. So that he could conquer what? Physical, uh, physical death. See, physical death is a result of spiritual When Adam and Eve, when God said to Adam and Eve, in the day that you eat from that fruit, what did he say? Dying you shall surely die. When they ate the fruit, did they die physically? No, they died spiritually. And then physical death became a result of spiritual death. That's why literally in the Hebrew it says, And the day that you eat that fruit, dying, you shall surely die. There's two dies there. Jesus died spiritually to pay for sin, he died physically so he could raise from the dead and conquer physical death. See, when Jesus died, we say, we always say, he died and rose again, because the death on the cross pays for sin, and the rising again conquers death. So we always say he paid for sin and conquered death. If you listen carefully on Sunday morning, I'll say that a bunch. Jesus died on the cross to pay for sin, and he rose again to conquer death, and he gives eternal life to all who believe. I say that a lot. So don't forget it. He died to pay for sin. He rose to conquer death. So Jesus then died physically so he could conquer physical death. That's why not only does every person have their sins paid for, every person will be raised from the dead. Every person. Believers and unbelievers. All people have their sins paid for, all people will be raised from the dead. Do you understand that? We'll be raised from the dead as believers to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. What's that called? Eternal life. Eternal life. Unbelievers will be raised from the dead to spend eternity separated from Christ. That is called the second death or the lake of fire. Every human being is going to exist forever. Every human being will exist forever because Jesus Christ has paid for every sin and he's conquered death. The death and resurrection of Christ does not bring salvation. It makes salvation possible. Right? Y'all get it? You so got it? So if you don't got it, stop me, and we'll talk about it. Because here's the big point. People go to hell because they do not believe. They don't go to hell because they're sins. They go to hell because they do not believe. Notice, he who believes in him, who believes in Jesus, is not judged or condemned. He who does not believe has been judged already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Why do people do not why do people not have eternal life? Because they don't believe. It has none, the payment's already been made. He's di- death, and resurrection. So the cross of Christ has, has done it all. He's done it all. He's made it possible that any human being could have eternal life. What must they do? Believe. So let me give you this part the results of the payment. The results of the payment. There are three words there redemption, 1 Timothy 2 6. We just said it. He gave himself as a ransom for all. Okay? That's redemption. He paid the price, he did it. Okay? Won't take but a second because I want to show you this. So the first, the results is there's redemption. Then there is reconciliation, which you remember, that's the very. That's the uh, first lesson we really did is the story of the Bible is reconciliation. God was in Christ. Recon- now, look at this. God, you, you may have missed this when we first taught this. God was in Christ reconciling who? The believers. Is that what it says? No. It says what? The whole world has been reconciled to God. That, that doesn't mean salvation because each person must individually be reconciled. I'll show you more in just a minute. But tell me the truth. Is, is, has he paid for their sins? Is the whole world been reconciled to him? It has. And then look at this one there's propitiation, which is the word that means satisfactory payment. The payment has been made. He himself is the propitiation for our sins, for the whole world. Do you understand that it's all? That's why Jesus said, It is finished. It's done. I died. And paid for all sin, I'm going to die physically and rise from the grave and conquer death. And so sin is paid for, death is conquered, and we can offer to any human being what? Eternal life. Simply by faith. And he that believes is not condemned. And he that believes not is condemned already. Why are they condemned already? Because they have not what? Believed. It didn't say because they have sin. It didn't say because their sins aren't paid for. You know, listen to this. Tell me, is this right? God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever has the payment of sin will never perish but have eternal life. It didn't say that. Does everybody have the payment of sin? It does. Whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. The payment has been made. The world is reconciled. God is satisfied. There's an old story about satisfaction. That says that there was a Bible teacher named Harry Ironside, and he'd go around and he would speak and he'd say things. Well, there's a story that a guy was going to hear and speak one night, and he got there too late. And he, when the meeting was over, it so happened Ironside was coming out of the church, and, and the guy came up and said, I'm sorry, I missed everything. I, uh, what, 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 what can I do? What do I need to do to, to get to God? And Ironside said, You're too late. And he went, too late? He said, I know I missed the meeting. What could I have to do? He said, you're too late. He said, don't tell me I'm too late. He said, you're too late. God's already satisfied. The payment's already been made. There's nothing you can do. You take the gift of eternal life. And see, we don't tell people to be good or to do anything. We tell people, it's by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. Wow. So, now, with this in mind, we've been talking all about payment for sin. Well, then, where does the salvation part come in? Because we mentioned, well, you have to believe then, and you have to believe. And so, mankind needs forgiveness of sin to have eternal life. In fact, I want to show you something that you may have never, never thought about it. And it's at the top of that, the, I think, of page five. By faith, what do we get when we believe? We get eternal life. Guess what? We get eternal life. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have what? Eternal life. What else do we get? We get righteousness. That means God's righteousness. Listen to this. But to him who does not work but believes in Him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited for what? Righteousness. We get God's righteousness when we believe. And then in Acts 10.43 and Acts 13.38, whoever believes receives the forgiveness of sin. That's why I wanted to talk about forgiveness. So we tell over and over because about 98% of all the times that the Bible talks about salvation, it talks about getting eternal life. But it is true that the moment you believe, you receive forgiveness. So there's a difference between payment for sin. Who gets the payment for sin? Who gets forgiveness of sins? Those who believe. So let me, let's me let focus on the forgiveness of sin. And so we're going to do two things. We're going to talk about what is forgiveness. And we're going to see two types of forgiveness. Forgiveness in our relationship, which is eternal life salvation. And forgiveness in our fellowship, which is Christian life salvation. And we'll talk about it. And we'll, I want you to see how it is. Now once again, you got a question or anything? Stop me right now because this, this is pretty deep theologically. I mean, th- there's. I mean, this is stuff that's. You got to really think through it. I mean, this is powerful stuff. So, what is forgiveness? And and we're going to see the 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 two types of forgiveness. There's relationship forgiveness, eternal life salvation, and fellowship forgiveness, which is Christian life salvation. Don't get it mixed up. We now pass payment. Payments happen for who? Everybody. He died and rose again. Now we're talking about forgiveness of sin. And there's two types, relationship and fellowship. Okay, you're all ready? No. Uh, Not ready? Okay, all right. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Who gets the payment Huh? Huh? Who actually gets the payment for sin? Is it God? Or is it, I'm just kind of, I haven't into this yet, but is it Satan? No, there's there's a theory that the payment was made to Satan, it wasn't. The, who 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 was separated? Who made the payment? Jesus did. That he that he's the satisfactory payment. The payment was made to the father because the father said, "The soul that sins shall die." Satan, Satan brings death. He can't bring life. Yeah. So there used to there's a, three or four theories that the theological theories that they had for years. One was that the payment of sin was made to Satan, and then but that's not true. Not nowhere in the scripture. Okay, yeah, so the payment was made, okay, so now we're talking forgiveness, here we go, okay, so what is forgiveness? Forgiveness means to release the debt. Now, let's talk about forgiveness for a second. Has somebody ever hurt you? Uh, everybody in this room says, well, of course, somebody's hurt me, uh, you know, somebody hurt me yesterday, no, and so the bottom line, but what is Forgiveness. When you forgive them, you release the debt. They, instead of you saying, they owe me, they need to come apologize. They need to, Forgiveness means you let it go. You release the debt. There are two Greek words. There's charizomai, which literally is found in Ephesians 4.32, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Colossians 3.8 says, forgiving one another. It means to forgive. It means to let go. That, that Greek word means to like lift it up and let it go. Okay? And you don't have to write all that down uh, if you don't want to. Let me see. Do we have the words? We don't have them. Huh? I'm sorry. I can't hear you all. What are you saying? (laughs) Yeah, it means to let go, to release it. To um, to pardon to let it go and then here's the other word I face is is in Ephesians one seven we have forgiveness it means to pardon to lift up or to remove it actually means to take it away if when you forgive somebody you basically say, they don't owe me anything. I release that debt from them. That's what it's all about. And it means to release the debt. Now, with that in mind, let's talk about, if anybody got it, with that in mind, we're going to get the two types of forgiveness. We just need to look at this and talk through it. There's relationship forgiveness, which is eternal life salvation. There's fellowship forgiveness, which is Christian life. Okay, and one of them deals with our eternal relationship, salvation. The other deals with our Christian life when we're dealing with being in and out of fellowship. So let's talk about relationship, forgiveness, eternal life, salvation. The world has been reconciled to God. Is that true? Yes. But each individual must be reconciled. That's why, if you remember, it says we're ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be What? Be reconciled to God. He's talking to people and telling them they need to be reconciled. God has reconciled the world, but people need to be reconciled, and that's each individual one. And so I want you to see something. And I think it's at the top of the page. You've got you've got uh, uh, 1043, these three verses. Look at this, and they all deal with forgiveness. Watch. Of him, of Jesus, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, through Jesus, everyone who does what? Believes in him receives what? Forgiveness of sins. This is the forgiveness. This is our eternal life. We said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to erase some of this. Is this okay if I erase this? Because I know I'm going to put something else up there in just a second. But when you believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life, at the same time, not only do you get eternal life, you get eternal life, but you get forgiveness, and you get righteousness. Our focus is... This, mo- this evening is on this right here. So we're talking about forgiveness for eternal life salvation. And that's why we're calling it relationship. Okay? So uh, the, the Acts thirteen thirty eight And through him, Jesus, everyone who believes is freed from all things. There's the forgiveness there, for which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. And then look at this one. He says, I'm going to go to the Gentiles so they may turn from darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan, that they may receive what? Forgiveness of sins. And then he goes on down, how? By faith in me. That's, that's Jesus talking. So whoever believes in him receives the forgiveness of sins. Now, I've got what I put, I'm just going to put this right here. It says two circles. So let me draw circles. Here's a circle, and here's a circle pretty good okay and then here is jesus dying on the cross okay when we put our faith in christ we trust in him for eternal life we're put met placed in the family of god this is the family of god and that the same is that's the same as eternal life salvation it's the same as having forgiveness in our relationship so this is in the family can you ever get out of the family of god When when you believe in Christ, you get forgiveness of sins. You're right here. Now, this is the fellowship. This is the family. This is the fellowship. And so we're supposed to be in fellowship. Can we get out of fellowship with God? Yes, we get out over here. What are we supposed to do when we get out of fellowship? Confess it and get back in the fellowship. The forgiveness we're talking about here is the forgiveness to get into the family of God. And once we believe in Christ, he gives us forgiveness and we're in the family of God. Okay? So I notice the second circle is dealing with fellowship, not eternal life salvation. So the first aspect we're talking about is forgiveness for salvation being placed in the family of God. And so you, the moment you believed in Christ, you said, we say, believe in Christ for what? Eternal life. At the moment you believe in Christ for eternal life, what do you get? forgiveness okay now there's more Why's this now we talk about forgiveness in our fellowship and this is christian life because let me say this to you do we go through life are we are we in the family of god and we have forgiveness of all sin yes but sometimes we sin in our fellowship with god and we need what then forgiveness so i've had people say okay you're telling me that when i believe in jesus i have forgiveness of sin is that true and then you're telling me as a Christian, I need forgiveness of sin. Well, there are two different things. One's dealing with relationship. One is dealing with what? Fellowship. Exactly. This is fellowship. Now, um, why do we need forgiveness as a child of God? Why? Because the first forgiveness deals with the relationship with God, and it never changes. The second forgiveness deals with our fellowship with God and can change. So there's a difference between relationship and relationship and fellowship god has provided the way and so everybody following everybody got it written down i don't want to go too fast i know we need we probably gonna need some time for some questions are we are we are we got yes okay what First first service, first circle is when you believe in Christ, you're born into the family of God. That's your relationship with God. You now have forgiveness of sins in your relationship, and that never changes because you can never get out of the, the family of God. Second is fellowship, that when you, as a believer, you're in fellowship, but when you sin, you get out of fellowship. You never get out of the family, but you get out of fellowship. So now you need forgiveness of sins, not for your relationship but for your fellowship. And that, does that make sense? Okay, any other questions? Anything? Just keep, keep them coming. And so the first cir- circle is dealing with our eternal life relationship that never changes. Second one's dealing with our fellowship with God, and that can change. And so what do we do? It tells us not to sin. He says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. What happens to a believer when we sin? We get out of fellowship. Do we ever get out of our relationship? Have we got forgiveness of sins in our relationship? Yes. We need now forgiveness of sins in our fellowship. Okay? He says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you may not sin. Now, if anyone were to sin, we have an advocate, a defense attorney with the Father. Who is it? Jesus Christ, the righteous. So, what are we to do when we sin, when we have this advocate, what are we supposed to do? Confess our sins. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous, or just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what happens when we confess our sins? We go back into fellowship. So as a believer, do you need forgiveness of sins? Yes. In your fellowship. As far as your relationship, do you need forgiveness of sins? You already have it. You already have it. Is that a question? Oh, you're stretching? Okay, stretching. Oh, that's good. That's good. Now, I want to show you this verse that we've taught this before, and most of you know this. Some of you may not. I want to show you something that's so amazing. Confession of sin, it literally means to tell on yourself. In fact, the word confess is homo legeo. Homo means same. Legeo means to speak. Homo legeo means to speak the same thing. To confess your sin is to say the same thing God would say. So if you lied, you don't necessarily just say, I'm sorry. You say, Lord, I lied. I'm telling him what I did. That's what confession. Now watch this verse because it's amazing. He says, if, it's the third class if in Greek, which means maybe you will, maybe you won't. If any, if we confess our sins. If we say the same thing God says, look, it's our what? What is it? Sins. If we confess our sins, that means we tell God what we did what? Wrong. Now, when are you supposed to do that? When are you supposed to do it? What you do is just go all day long, sin all you want to, get to the last thing, right? Get into bed. Do like Dennis the Menace says, here, Lord, I'm ready to turn myself in. That's, you know, is that what we do? Now, what do you do? The moment you recognize you sin, what do you do? You're supposed to confess it. Now watch this. This is what's so beautiful. If we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful and righteous to do what? Forgive us. Now we're going to see two things here. Forgive us our sins. What what kind of forgiveness is that? The fellowship forgiveness, okay? Forgive us our sins and to what? Cleanse us from... All unrighteousness. Now, some people have not ever heard this or seen this. But that means, let's say I get up and I think a bad thought. I don't do anything about it. I do something else. I do something else. I do something wrong and I go, oh, my, I just lied. And I say to God, oh, God, I lied. I confessed it. What does he do? He's faithful and just to what? To forgive me for the sins I confessed, right? But what about the sins I didn't confess? He then cleanses me from what? listen if you think you got to go through the day and say man what did I do at 8:30 what did I do at 10 I mean if you can't you know the truth is we can't remember everything we do wrong we can't remember every wrong thought we can't remember all those things now if you recognize soon as you're going through life if you recognize sin you confess it right then but he is so gracious to us that the moment we confess our sins he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins the ones we confess and then to cleanse us from all what? Unrighteousness, any sins, anything we might have done, God puts us back into what? Think about this. You get up and you, bad thought, and you hit your foot and you do something else and you do this and you know, and you get this, and then you get in the car and then somebody cuts you off and you scream at them and then you go, oh, oh Lord, I'm, I'm, I God, shouldn't have done that. And you confess it and guess what? You can't remember everything. Now, the ideal thing is every time you sin, you confess it. But the problem is I'd be, (laughs) I don't think I'd get a whole lot done, let's just face it. What about you? But anyway, so the bottom line, I wanted you to see, and we're going to talk more about it. But we've talked about payment for sin, and we've talked about forgiveness of sin. Now watch this. So relationship forgiveness comes how? Fellowship forgiveness comes by how? By confession. Okay? Okay. Now, we've seen a lot. I'm going to go through uh, four things, and then and we'll, uh, we'll open it for questions, and we'll also talk about the quiz, because it's not going to be... It, you may think it's hard, but it's not going to be hard at all. Okay? We've covered a lot. Have we covered a lot? I mean, it's pretty deep stuff, right? Okay? Because most people don't understand that when Jesus died on the cross and paid for sin, he paid for the sins of everybody, conquered death for everybody. That didn't even save them. What saves people? Faith. And when you believe, not only you get eternal life, but you get what? Forgiveness, And that's what we've been talking about. So look at here. Number one, Jesus Christ died and rose again, paying for the sins of every person and conquering death for every person. Is that true? Yes. Yes. So guess what? How many people have sins on their account that they're going to be accountable to God for? Not one person. Where are the sins of the world? On Jesus Christ. Okay, and... Is every person, believer or unbeliever, going to be raised from the dead? Yes. Yes. Why? In Adam, all die. In Christ, all will be made alive. Okay, second thing. Jesus removed the sin barrier, and every person will exist forever. You can't say every person will live forever, because the unbeliever goes to second death and lake of fire, while the believer goes to eternal life. So don't say everybody's going to live forever. Say everybody's going to exist forever. That makes sense?
1: Here's the third one.
0: By faith in Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness of sin and an eternal relationship with Him. Is that true? And so the payment's already been made. So, you know, I hear people say that when you believe in Jesus, you get the payment for sin. Is that true? Let me say well let me let you write this down then I'll ask that question write this down by faith in Jesus Christ we have forgiveness of sin and an eternal relationship with him and tell me when you got this written because I want to ask this other question You got it Okay people say this when you believe in Jesus Christ you get the payment for sin they actually say Jesus paid for sin but you don't get the payment until you believe. Is that right or wrong? That's wrong. The payment's been made. He's a satisfactory payment. He's not a potential payment. He's a satisfactory payment, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the entire world. So when you, when Jesus died on the cross and paid for sin, when you believe in him, you're not getting payment for sin. That's already happened. You're getting what? Forgiveness of sin. And then look at this. By confession of sin, we have forgiveness of sin and maintain our fellowship with God. So I just really, I wanted, I'll give you time to write that down, but what I really wanted to highlight for you is this whole idea of what Jesus has done and how the payment for sin and forgiveness of sin are two different things. Everybody has the payment for sin. Everybody has death conquered. But salvation doesn't come by payment of sin. Salvation comes by faith. When you believe, you get eternal life, forgiveness, forgiveness and righteousness.